Vodka. 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 Hey everyone, it's Amber Love and you're listening to Vodka O'Clock Podcast and from AmberUnmasked.com. Don't forget that you can now sponsor the show and the website. Just go to Patreon.com slash AmberUnmasked and you can pledge as little as a dollar per week. And um, joining me today for the first time is cosplayer Joe Colton, and we're going to be talking about what uh, G.I. Joe is all about and, and what kind of cosplay work she does. Joe, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. So uh, it's, it, it might be a little bit difficult sometimes to talk about cosplay just in an audio format because we don't have, you know, I can't show everybody the wonderful pictures, but they will be in the show notes. Any pictures that you want up. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, mostly I know you because of GI Joe work, but is that like the only cosplaying that you're doing? Oh, uh, no. So it's actually funny that you say that. A lot of people only know me from the GI Joe stuff that I do, or only from the Star Trek stuff that I do. Um, no, I do a, a anything from fantasy to obviously GI Joe to. Uh, I do a lot of the the dread um judge dread um costumes. I'm actually working on a SJS uh judge right now and I'm doing um sorceress from He-Man and another Star Trek uh costume. So uh the sorceress, the oracle is or uh, is one of my favorite costumes. <laughs> I'm actually okay. doing the one from not the original series, but the one from the uh uh the 2000s Three cartoon, the newer one, or two thousand four. Okay, awesome. I didn't know there were newer cartoons. Oh, it was good. It's, it was really good. It's incredible how I've seen this Masters of the Universe resurgence from people because obviously there was like a really terrible live action movie a while ago in the eighties or something. But um, the the cosplay community has been like seriously into He Man and She Ra lately. Mm-hmm. It's like a few years. They're just the groups have gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, and my friends are cosplaying characters that I don't even remember. Like obscure He-Man and Shira characters? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen uh, a lot of cosplayers doing, um, oh, what was it, uh, not just Shira, but like Frosta and Castaspella, and then you'll have like the really obscure like Merman and you know, um, what's the guy with the, he had an L, snout spout. Like I saw a snout spout and I was like, wow, that's, that's intense. <laughs> that's incredible. The lengths they will go to so that you can be the, you know, the unique one. Right. Cause it's cool when, when you can do that, when you can be part of a group and you're not duplicating characters. It's really awesome. I, then you run the risk of nobody knowing who the hell you are. Right. Outside that group. No one, they're going to be like elephant man. Who? <laughs> Um, cool. So you did Star Trek and Judge Dredd, which sounds really, really intricate and involved. So are you crafting everything yourself what, or how do you handle putting together a costume? So uh, for the, the Judge Dredd costume, the female judge, um, a lot of that stuff is uh, molded off the screen used. So I'm doing a screen accurate judge for that one. Uh, and that one is uh, I can't I can't mold things off of uh, screen accurate um, molds, so I'm piecing everything together from that one, and, and including the helmet and the, the the boots, the pads, the the vest itself. So it's taking quite a bit of time. It's it's I wore it at Dragon Con last year. I had to borrow a vest because my vest hadn't come in yet, but. Um, it's still not done, and, and I'm a perfectionist, so it takes a long time for, <laughs> for everything to be complete. I, it's impressive, because um, the one tra- time that I tried to make armor, um, and you, what I was doing was using um, a, a type of moldable plastic. Okay. Uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a poured mold. So I was just trying to heat mold oh, something. Like uh and, like Warbler or Wonderflex? Yeah, it was wonderful. And it was a disaster. It was just an unbelievable disaster. And you know, I tried applying layers of fiberglass on top of it and then sanding it. Oh wow. And like it after two hours I was exhausted and throwing it out. I'm like, I cannot possibly conceive of continuing this 
you know, to get like two inches done. Like, I mean, to, to do an entire breastplate or something mm-hmm. is, you know, and I know for the, the judge outfits, you have those big helmets and I've seen that people, uh, they, they just go through this sanding process. I'm like, I don't even understand how they do it. I, I'm in awe at, at the, uh, the helmet that I got. It, it's, uh, I don't know how they made it. I, I'm just in awe. Like, there's even scratches on it. Like, there was in the movie. It's, it's incredible. And the paint itself, like, just getting to that point where you're, after you're sanding, to paint it perfectly. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I have it on, on a bookshelf, and it, it is nowhere near anything else. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you there. Um, yeah, so after I pitched mine in the dumpster, and this was a commission, so oh. I just basically, up and outsource the, the chest piece. Uh, I I contacted the somebody who does the um, Richie, who does the the female stormtrooper armor. Okay. And um, because that closely matched Big Barda's armor, so that's what I was trying to make. Because ah. um, stormtroopers, obviously, I don't think they would really have boobs poking out, but um, but some people have this you know, the, like really feminized version. Yes, I've seen them. I so, yeah. so for Big Barda, it really closely matched that. And I so I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to get Stormtrooper armor and I'm just going to paint it. And that's what I did. Good for you. Yeah. You know, it, it's so challenging. Yeah. I Dread is just, those outfits are unbelievable. I have a I have a um, a samurai costume that it, it I took it from a, a fan art um, made for you know desktop wallpaper and I'm it was commissioned I commit I was commissioned to make it uh, for a convention and it took over 400 hours and not because like the skirt took long or the pants took long to make it was literally the armor my boyfriend and I were spending about 400 hours to do all the armor and the, the, the chest, the, the shoulder armor, the shins, like everything. Cause it had so many layers of detail. I thought, I'm, I don't know how people do this every single time because I'd have to quit my job just to, just to not go nuts to, to build this just one piece. Like the arm guard itself would took hours and it took two of us to do it. So it was, it was crazy. Exactly. And that, but that perfectly illustrates why commissions are so expensive. Mm-hmm. Because I've had a lot of people that inquire with me. And then when I quote them what I think is a low ball price, it, I never hear from them again. And I'm like, okay, well, by all means, here are my friends' names and contact information. You know, message them through Facebook and see what they tell you. Yeah. I, and the guy who commissioned me for the con was like, how much is this going to cost you? Like two, three hundred dollars? And I was like, um, the Warbler itself for one arm will cost you about a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, that's why I have never used Warbler. Yeah, it's uh, I I actually like Warbler because it's easier to work with than Wonderflex. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I mean, the results are phenomenal. I've seen uh, I go on Pinterest once in a while to see the tutorials. Mm-hmm. They sound so easy. Yeah, it's very forgiving. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> And um, I know that there's a couple people who do uh, tutorials with craft foam, but one of my friends has been uh, uploading his prop tutorials to amberunmasked.com. And I just, I look at it and I see all of the steps that he takes. And I'm like, how, you know, I sew. That is what I do. Like, I sew, I expect something to be done in 10 hours. If it's more than 10 hours, I'm pulling out my hair. (laughs) And it takes other people like ten months. Yes, I I I would go nuts. I I it, between my boyfriend and I, it's always I'm the sewer and he's the prop maker because I have no patience. It has to be done within like not ten hours, but yeah, ten hours. There has to be some progress. <laughs> I can't I can't be staring yeah. at the same thing like three days after. What's the most elaborate thing you've created then? Um. Probably the samurai is the most elaborate uh, costume I have. We uh, we put glass in it and for the eyes to shine and uh, just the the intricate details. Um, most recently, I did a crimson asp 
for uh, the G.I. Joe convention, and we built a flamethrower with that one. Um, but I had the breastplate commissioned from Pit Viper Studios. Um, they make most of the 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 best armor for the G.I. Joe costumers, so if you're going to do something that intricate, you go, you go to them, so... That's great. And uh, it was. It, how do you find them online? Um, just Pit, Pit Viper Studios. Um, yeah, you just Google them, and they're they're on Facebook, and they have a, uh, a Etsy store as well, and eBay store. So that's awesome. So, which of your fandoms was earliest in your life? Oh, uh, probably it, it's a toss up between Wonder Woman and. Uh, G.I. Joe and X-Men. <laughs> okay. That's because I, I made uh, the only knowledge I had of G.I. Joe was that I, we had the original doll, the very tall doll. And um, he, you know, was there to be my Barbie's boyfriend. Nice. We, we all had Ken. My, my Barbie was polyamorous. Um, so, you know, and you don't know these things when you're five, but. Um, but that's, I, I literally like never saw anything GI Joe wise until, you know, I started reading comics this last 10 years. You know, I, I, the, the only ones that I've really read were the mo- most recent, they're fairly recent. I don't know. It was like the fall of Joe. Okay. Yeah. I was so impressed because I thought it was going to be really dry military stuff. Yes. Most people do. And then they get into it and they're sucked in. Right. It was, you know, there was, first of all, uh, the female characters were more important in the, the particular issue that I read. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty cool. They have a lot of, um, the, their female characters are very strong characters. And that's what, even from a young girl, I I, I fell in love with Scarlet. She was my, my first costume that I did as well. But because she was such a strong character, she didn't take... Um, anything for granted and she was one of the guys like no one thought oh she's she's a damsel in distress so she was she was treated as an equal and she she's just as smart if not smarter than than a lot of the other guys on the team so i have to ask how have you um liked or disliked things that they've done in the movies oh oh boy <laughs> uh well I, I mean, because we could do an entire show just on the Wonder Woman issue, so <laughs> yes, we could. Actually, we could probably do a whole show on just me disliking just the first GI Joe recent movie, the modern one, The Rise of Cobra. I we could go on and on and on about it. Um, the only thing that came out from the movies was that little kids now know who Snake Eyes is. They know what G.I. Joe is, sort of, and they're getting into reading the comic books and going back and getting the toys and wanting to see the cartoons from the 80s. So that's that's about the only thing that I could say that's good about the movie. <laughs> I've heard that from other other parents, that they've said um, that their kids really enjoyed it. And this, that was the same thing with, you know, I dislike the Star Wars prequels but they are hugely popular with uh, the much younger generation. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, maybe if I was, you know, eight, I'd love the hell out of this stuff. I don't know. I don't know. If I was eight, I still wouldn't like Jar Jar Banks. Yeah. Annoying as hell. But see, you know, we we're talking about Masters of the Universe and I friggin' hated Snarf. Oh, <laughs> he was cute until he started making noise. <laughs> Snarf is my Jar Jar. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> So, okay, is there, uh, what's the fandom like now? Is there any hope for G.I. Joe stuff uh, coming up? Because the only thing I know about are comics. So, um, so Hasbro uh, came to JoeCon, was at JoeCon this year, and they are bringing out, uh, they're continuing their 50th anniversary line, and they've got some really cool toys coming out uh, of not just the, the most popular characters. Um, they've got Chuckles has a new... Uh, like dune buggy, dune buggy uh, type vehicle. That's you know you can 
make a tent part of it and there's a new his tank coming out and uh they're they're doing some interesting stuff where Cobra has captured Joe vehicles or Joe's have captured uh Cobra airplanes and they've switched the the tagging on the the vehicles and the aircraft. It's kind of cool actually. So and they're introducing um a new action figure um that is based on a fan who uh who passed away uh during the winter and uh the GI Joe community was they're they're a very close community so it's uh it's it was a nice tribute to uh to the individual and uh basically they got a standing ovation at at JoeCon for for going above and beyond um and and making an action figure of the guy and naming it after him so it was really cool that's remarkable because i know that um obviously hasbro is a massive corporation mm-hmm. Usually the only time I see them mentioned in tweets is people complaining about them. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that there's something really positive and wonderful going on. It was really, it was really shocking to, to us. We like, I, I'm telling you, like they had a standing ovation, not expected. There was not a eye in that room when they announced what they had done as a thank you to the fan. And as a, just a remembrance of how how much that person welcomed new people into the community and so it was it was good. <laughs> That's wonderful. So where is JoeCon? Um each year they pick a different place to have JoeCon at. Uh this year was Springfield, Illinois. Uh we actually the finest got to do some commercials and help out the uh the GI Joe Club uh prior to the convention itself as advertising. So we had Cobra invading Springfield uh, everywhere, and uh, Robert Atkins, one of the artists of uh, of GI Joe, uh, was going into like the dry cleaner to get his dry cleaning, and there'd be a Cobra officer waiting for him to give him his his, his new clothes or his clean clothes. And he went to the doctor's office, and there was Cobra waiting for him there. And so it was it was it was kind of cute. We liked it. Um, Got good reception, but yeah, every year it's a different uh, location, which kind of like because you get to see different areas of the country that you would normally go to. But yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. And Robert Atkins is a great guy. He's donated uh, sketches to our charity that we do in October for um, at Comic Fusion. We do uh, an art auction every year. Oh, it's awesome! Yeah, Robert's a great guy. He's a great guy. He's one of the instructors. Uh, he's one of the instructors at Comics Experience. So um, just a really wonderful guy. Very receptive of fans. So if you go up to him at a convention and just introduce yourself, and just very charming and lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, besides Joe Con, what other conventions does your cosplay end up taking you, or do you do any conventions without costuming? Oh, I tried to do that once at Philly Comic-Con last year. I just wanted to go see friends, and it was it was scary. <laughs> People were coming up to me asking me what I was going to do, and I thought, I said, no, nothing. I'm just here to visit friends, and I'm taking just this con, you know, as a break and go shopping, and people were not having it. <laughs> so I'm not doing that ever again. I'll take a few hours off, but, yeah. Uh, but normally I do most of the East Coast and some Midwest cons. I've gone to uh, conventions in Texas, um, but no, I'm not. I haven't gone to San Diego Comic Con or WonderCon or any of the West Coast ones. So, and um, I understand that you guys are involved in some charity projects of your own. So, what can you tell me about that? Is that does that involve a convention, or what actually are you doing? So we're so the finest is currently running um, a charity calendar campaign on Indiegogo. Uh, this is our second year doing it. The first year we was last year, and we chose the charity Wounded Warrior Project, and we collected over ten thousand uh, dollars during the campaign. And uh, this year we're choosing we've chosen or partnered with the USO. Um, charity and 
We try and most of our members are military um, or law enforcement first responders. And um, so this year we've chosen the USO because a lot of our members have either benefited or have been supported by directly uh, by the USO. So it's kind of it's it's very dear to our hearts. And we wanted we always choose a charity that's uh, connected with the military because of the costume club that we are and because of our members and, and we want to give back to the community anyways. So it's it's very logical that we pick a military or veteran uh, organization to, to support. So That's pretty cool. You don't really hear much about the USO these days. No, but they they do a lot of stuff that people do not know about. Um, when you think of the USO, you, you probably think of World War II and Bob Hope and um, but they have the USO Warrior and Family Programs that are long-term programs that support deployed troops, their families, the wounded, the injured troops coming back. Um, they also have um, 20, uh, what is it, they, the USO deployed 93 celebrity entertainers and 54 tours, 17 countries, They've been doing this for 75 years, and um, in 2013, more than 2 million calls were placed by troops overseas to their families because of the Operation Phone Home campaign that they did, and that was just in 2003. So, like, they have been around and have done so much, so hopefully, hopefully we can help them a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I definitely only think of, like, you know, the, the stuff you see in the Captain America movies, you know. The, and um, those girls are no longer the USO girls. They're called Captain America girls. Uh, yeah, they had to change their name. <laughs> I imagine. I only found that out recently, which is crazy, because I've always known them as the USO girls, and somebody corrected me, oh, you can't call them that anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, there's probably a copyright trade. Probably, yep. <laughs> So, yeah, we are currently in the middle of the campaign, or almost in the middle. Um, so we're we're trying to reach $8,500 as our goal, and we're doing fixed funding. Um, so if we don't get to the $8,500, we, no money goes to the USO, and nobody gets any other perks. So we're hoping that to drum up some more, some more support for it, spread the word, donate even $5.00 it goes to, to help. So. Okay. And um, so the perks I imagine involve different downloads or the calendar itself. So yes. So $5 will get you uh, a postcard. 10 is a postcard and a trading card. $20 is a PDF of the calendar. 25 is printed. And then uh, $50 is a patch, $75 is a t-shirt, and each year we're designing different t-shirts and different patches. So we're trying to make it sort of like a collector thing as well. Um, a lot, the Joe community is big on collecting anything because there's so so little things to collect for G.I. Joe that it's, uh, it's a little niche, but they're collectors. <laughs> Um, you get to name your own holiday uh, for $100, and some of our big-ticket items are already gone, but we've got uh, some some new ones coming out um, next month. So we'll – I love that, naming your own holiday. Yes. We've, had, so we've had some interesting – I try and make sure – make it clear that you got to keep it clean, but sure. we've got, you know, like, bro day and um, – Yeah, it's like – grandfather was a veteran or something you could like put his birthday yes we have we we have uh, a few of those actually in the previous uh calendar and like be be nice do do a do a good deed day red redhead appreciation day snake eyes day so <laughs> people come up with creative things but yeah if, if there's a if your grandfather's a vet you can put his birthday or something that's that's meaningful yeah why not okay so i know that with star wars uh there was like an official fan club so is the finest um like part 
is it actually recognized or anything or is is the like a, an official fan club separate from you so the gi joe collectors club is the official club for hasbro and the finest is separate from those it's just a costuming club uh but we pride ourselves on trying to get everything screen accurate based on um, it's, everything's canon. Most of our costumes are canon. There's only a couple that we've agreed to not having as canon. So it would be like PR who, who follows Cobra Commander around and is, is the PR for, for Cobra Commander and a recruiter. So, but yeah, everybody else is, uh, pretty canon where, uh, it has to be seen in the movies, comic books, cartoons, at least three times to be canon. So. Okay, so um, people, you wouldn't see something like uh, gender bending the character, like you wouldn't see a male version. Of- we actually have a few ge- uh, gender bending costumes. There is uh, actually a guy in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, who does a perfect, and I mean, he looks exactly like the 1983 Baroness, straight out of the package. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he's <laughs> the gender of the character whether or not he recognizes the gender as his own. Right. Right. Okay. We only judge on the, on the costume, not, no, there's no judgment in, in what you choose in your life. Okay. I, the Baroness is like one of the most badass wicked costumes of all time. Yes. So, um, and he I wears that, heels. So, holy cow. Yeah. He's, he's pretty badass. <laughs> She's like if you gave a sexy librarian a machine gun. Yes. It's just and armor. <laughs> armor, yeah. Um, so for the calendar, are you having a role yourself? Are you going to be one of the months? How is it working? So uh, I was one of the, the girls of the finest models for last year. I was October for October Guard. Um, I was Dana. Uh, this year, I'm not going to be in the calendar. Um, I'm trying to, as a CEO, I'm trying to um, get all the girls included. So no repeats until we've gone through all the girls. So, and... I'm trying to make sure that we cover geographically across the country or, or the continent and um, also by seniority. So that way it's, it's fair to everybody. And but, yeah, all the girls volunteer. Um, they they do it out of uh, out of labor of love. And uh, we try and do not as many repeats. So we don't have a, a calendar of like 12 baronesses. <laughs> OK, <It's> pretty popular. <laughs> Absolutely, I'm sure. And that's the one that you see the most, and then Scarlet, yeah. I think, which you've seen the most. So um, one of the things that I was asked recently on a panel was about, um, we talked about diversity and we talked about cosplay. So I'm going to combine that in, since you've talked about screen accuracy and canon, mm-hmm. um, and that gender is not an issue, race, I'm sure, is not an issue, Um, How do you feel that putting a calendar out is with diverse body types? Are there diverse body types or does everybody look like they came from Hollywood? (laughs) No, because in real life, nobody looks like that. (laughs) Okay. No. um, And it's not a, the calendar is also not a pinup calendar. It's not, you know, over, overly sexy uh, where people are half naked. It's, it's, it's literally a costuming calendar. So, and, and this year we're actually having guys and some guys included in the calendar. Um, actually, the guys wanted to get involved, which was interesting. Uh, <laughs> you don't usually get guys wanting to be in a calendar. Um, yeah, some of them are real hams, though. They do love it. <laughs> I, I am finding that out. Uh, but no, it's not... Um, We've got all shapes, sizes uh, of women, and we encourage costumers in general just to, you know, put your costume on, wear it with pride, and this is for a good cause, and no one's judging you for that, um, for whatever you look like. We're all supportive. So we've got um, we've got a black baroness, we've got a a black snow job, a, a girl dressed up as snow job, and she's she's you know. She's great. She looks exactly like the character. She's very short, so she's cute. 
Um, you know, the guy I told you about uh, dressed as a Baroness. There's none. There's no. Uh, there's no judging. And all people in general in in real life come in all shapes and sizes. So that's not even an issue in this. So <laughs> that's cool because I mean I don't think of sexiness when I think about military things, but obviously it can be sexualized, <laughs> which um, did happen fairly recently. I think it was last summer when um, some company, I can't even remember which one it was, thought it would be great to have uh, bikini-clad models in, like, a National Guard tank. What? Like, um, yeah, they were at an actual, like, I think government property and everything, and they got into a whole lot of trouble for it, even though, like, they were given permission uh, by the people that they asked right then and there. It, like, ended up on YouTube and, and just, like, extraordinarily blew up and went viral about how um, how tasteless it seemed, even though military stuff, the pinup girl, that's that's where it came from, mm-hmm. you know, from. But it was World War II, which is entirely different than the way things are now. Yes, and not scantily clad. So, I mean, there's a difference, like, if your baroness is wearing her full suit versus a black bikini with, like, a logo on her boots or something. Yeah. There's a big difference in in what that is. Like your calendar is safe for kids. Oh yeah, yeah. No, there's no there's no half naked or virtually naked ladies in this. Not at all. Kids can have this on their wall. Um, I wish I wish I had sent you the the previous year. Um, but everyone is in the actual costumes that the character wears. That's cool yeah. because I love. Stuff, I just think it has its own time and place. And so you're doing a completely um, true to screen portrayal. You're not doing parodies. No. And, so. and we're very respectful of uh, the charity that we're partnering with and the military. Uh, as I said, a lot of our members either work with or were part of the military. So it would be very disrespectful to them to do something like that, I think. So we... We're very, very uh, conscious of what we're putting in the calendar. You mentioned that you have people that you're trying to make sure that all of the girls um, get their, their opportunities. Mm-hmm. So how are you coordinating that with people all over the country? How are you handling photography? Oh. <laughs> Getting professional photos done. So the girls themselves... Um, are getting the photos done uh, with photographers that they know. Um, some photographers are donating their time and the photos, and others, um, the ladies are paying for their their own photos to be taken. That's a lot of um, extra work. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But to, to um, get a good quality in a in a in a really kick ass calendar, um, yeah, it takes a lot of coordinating. I'm. My hair is turning gray. <laughs> but I have a good team of women helping me. So. That's good. But this is the second year. I hope it's a little bit smoother than, you know, your your freshman launch last year. Yes. I'm I well, it's my first year being in charge of it. Last year I was just helping. So I'm a little it's a little nervous just cuz it's my first year being in charge. <laughs> So one of the things, you know, we're talking about sexy and sexualization and stuff. Um, one of the things that as a writer annoys me, no less as a cosplayer, is to me that people don't understand differences or, or they don't define their own, you know, how their own connotation differences between words like sexy versus badass versus strong. Mm-hmm. And so I, I usually go back to my uh, murder she wrote reference and I'm like Jessica Fletcher played by Angela Lansbury is my favorite strong female character you would never in a million years call sexy on that show no. I mean she's you know, there's there's no cleavage even at her age there's no cleavage there, you know I, I you might see an ankle <laughs> or a wrist <laughs> yeah or like this marple you know like strong character you know, Agatha Christie knew what she was doing, you know, with strong characters, mm-hmm. but sexy was not 
part of the equation. No. So I actually got approached recently by a fan that said to me they were impressed that I don't do uh, scantily clad or super sexy costumes. And I hadn't even thought of any of the costumes that I picked to do as how sexy can I make them or, oh, is this sexy? It's just that I pick costumes that I want to make or um, characters that I want to portray in a costume. I didn't actually think about if it would be a sexy costume. The sexiest costume I have, I think, is my Wonder Woman costume. So it was kind of interesting to hear that um, from somebody that, as a compliment, instead of, uh, why aren't you wearing sexy things? So it was it was interesting to, to hear that. It, I, I never had thought about it. So it was, I don't know. <laughs> it was nice to hear. <laughs> It is. It's definitely nice to hear when somebody, you know, acknowledges whatever your effort is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's cool. Um, and along with compliments, do you, uh, you know, you've been costuming for a while and you've been part of fandom for a long time. So how, um, how do you handle any criticisms? Do you get criticisms on, like, if something's not accurate or not well made, or do you get like the trolling criticisms? So. Uh, I, <laughs> I've gotten both, uh, one actually from a, it was a costume that I made for my boyfriend and it was uh, a GI Joe costume for low light, the 25th anniversary action figure. I made his costume. Um, and the, the sculptor of the action figure inspected him and said, you know, you're missing a buckle on the back. And my boyfriend's like, just go tell her that. Like, just go over there and tell her she's missing a buckle. So he, he wouldn't leave me alone um, after that. He's like, you know, you're missing that buckle. And I thought, oh, my God. I I broke, like, four or five needles trying to sew through military-grade fabric. And I'm about to choke this man. Um, but other than that, uh, the other time I got... I got hounded by a guy that was telling me I was too tall to be Deanna Troy in my Star Trek costume. Hounded. Like, he was following me, telling me that I should not be wearing that costume. That's a particular <laughs> trolling and harassment. I just started laughing. You can't do anything but laugh because how... It's, I know I'm too tall, but sorry. Like, I really like the character. <laughs> And it's absurd, though. I mean, it's she was played by an actress. It's you know she's not real. I mean, get over it. I know. I had somebody tell me that my my hair wasn't um, the right color for Rogue, even though I had like a you know the stripe in the front. Oh, bleached out, bleached out, so it was blonder. But my hair is a sandy blonde color to begin with, so it just wasn't my hair wasn't dark enough and the right color enough and the stripe wasn't white enough. And I was like, it was one of my first conventions and I had gone somewhere all alone. And it was before I even like started making my own outfits. It was an outfit that I had commissioned. Okay. So I was already like, Nervous. I was like just entering, you know, this world of cosplay. Take on my hair color. I'm like, are you <laughs> I had somebody else, you know, pick on my nail polish. And I'm like, look, when you're doing multiple costumes in a weekend, yeah. you're not, you're not going to get everything that you want out of nail polish. Okay. Yes. Like I wore black for one character and then one was Wonder Woman the next day. I'm like, deal with it. She's wearing black today. <laughs> She's very angry. It's mood polish. <laughs> right. And who says Wonder Woman wouldn't wear black nail polish? Who says? Oh, a fictional character. Yeah, I've never. I've. I've. That. Those are the two that stand out for me. I've. I've never gotten like anything too too absurd. Okay, because <laughs> uh, like friends of mine and myself like have actually been like groped at conventions and, um, you know, just really inappropriate internet comments. Which those are. I mean, the internet is just a cesspool half the time. Yes. So I haven't been I haven't been groped, thankfully, knock on wood. Um, but I've had I've had um, interesting things happen. 
uh, where a guy would be taking pictures from every single angle to the point where the guys were getting uncomfortable around me and went over and talked to him and he left. Uh, but the weird thing that happens to me at conventions is that people hand me their baby. Okay. <laughs> I know it sounds weird, but like dressed as the Baroness or, or Scarlet or anything, people will come up to me and just hand me their baby and ask me to take a picture with, with me and the baby. That's it. Yeah, I've done that too. I've done a lot of, well, you know, and I think that's part of the charity work is there's, there's a lot of kids involved. So, um, I'm but okay at, with that, but randomly, like if I'm dressed as the Baroness, like I'm a, I'm a lady dressed as a dominatrix. Basically. And that's, that's what I mean. Like I've seen, it's, it's always the dads yes! where, you know, they're, they give their kid off when you're, when you're dressed in something that is sexy, you know, or revealing, you know, whatever. And the the way that they want poses is totally different and everything. It's always the dad. Well, recently I, I was at AwesomeCon and we were doing the charity uh, for the, the Girls of the Finest calendar and a woman came up to me and said, do you mind? I was, I was dressed as a female uh, Cobra Trooper and, you know, there was a bunch of guys dressed as officers and uh, she said, can you hold my baby? And one of the girls, like, had never seen this before, so she was, like, she was in awe of this whole situation. I said, sure, no problem. Like, I'm, I'm used to this now. And she goes, do you mind if one of the other Cobra guys pretends he's the dad so you can be the mom and he can be the dad and you can have a family portrait and I can pretend I'm the maid? And I was like, what is going on? This <laughs> is a whole new level of, of weird. That is weird. Like, I was, I was okay. I was going along with it in my head thinking, okay, That's you know. Bad. And then you bring in a maid. What? Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. Um, and my boyfriend was one of the Cobra officers, but he wasn't the guy in the photo. It was just a friend of ours. And and the friend, he he didn't hear the whole scenario. So he's playing with the baby, and the, and the, and the actual father of this baby is so excited, and he's clicking away and having pictures. And then the woman goes, okay, now just you as a family. And so this baby is staring at me like, what is going on? And my response was, kid, I don't know what's going on right now. <laughs> I have no idea what's happening. The, I, I, it's easier, I think. I don't know. As I'm hearing, I'm stuttering already <laughs> because, like, I, I'm not a, a parent, so, like, kids make me nervous. Like, I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> but I try to, um, I try to like, like, think like a kid. And so when the kids come up to, in the comic shop, uh, you know, we try, we're all super friendly, even our villains, you know, our villains are super friendly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so we're always asking the kids, do you want a picture? Do you want to be in the picture? Because it's sort of like the Santa Claus thing. Like they want to, but they're scared to. Yes. And, you know, so when it comes to like littler babies, my biggest concern was always that they were going to rip something off and wreck my costume. Um, you know, especially as Wonder Woman, you know how babies are with bathing suits. Yes. And so I... So it's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, they're going to rip my wig off my head or my boobs are going to come out, something, you know, but I, I try. And baby, you know, so babies, it's like a whole different set of worrying. Um, but those I usually ask. I'm like, oh, do you want me to hold your baby? And um, the older kids, though, it really is hit or miss. They're either really down with wanting to be in pictures or they're just, they want nothing to do with you. Yep. <laughs> I've had that. It, it, and I'm okay. Um I'm okay if the baby or the child is screaming and doesn't want, then I'll just, I don't know, I'll give them like a lollipop or something. Well, it's funny, though, because when it's the parents that are the fans, their kids, they're like, so they just have these faces, like they are so uninterested in mom and dad making them stand over there by the people in spandex. Yes. (laughs) They're just, they don't, they're just not even interested. They're like, dude, you're not a Pokemon, what, you know? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> the um that reminds me of uh I had a I was at AC Boardwalk a month or so ago and it was the first time that they had had a con there. Um and this little girl um I don't know you've probably all costumers or cosplayers uh have that moment when they really connect with a kid or or 
they get really sentimental and like just tears. So this little girl um, saw me, I was wearing Wonder Woman and she was uh, Wonder Woman herself with a cape and she like stood there staring at me and then I was staring at her and she was all shocked and she came running up to me and gave me a hug and tears were just rolling down my face. Um, and I later found out that she uh, was a foster kid and uh, she was also deaf. So um, I'm still getting teary eyed. She, she was so enamored with me being Wonder Woman and she was so excited um, I was just, I was just in awe of her and how she was so excited. And like we sat together, and I kept seeing her after, and she was, she was always excited to see like Wonder Woman and waving. And um, yeah, I got all teary eyed. And and the the mom was, you know, she wrote to me and she said thank you very much. And I was just, I was just touched by this little girl who was, you could see that she just wanted a you know, she saw her hero, and I was just, I, I knew what that felt like when I was young, so seeing that in another little girl was, it's really special, so I don't, you've probably run across this as well, but. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, there was, um, you know, back in our, our early days of doing the, the fundraiser at the comic shop, there, you know, there's, if you're lucky, you know, you get it caught on your own camera. Like, we always have, like, ten cameras that we're flinging around to each other to, to you know, to take pictures. And um, so there was, there was this little girl who was just giving me, like, the biggest hug and was smiling. And for me to not have a kid crying, I just, it felt like, I was like, oh, my God, this is the only one yeah. that's going to be like this. And um, so it was really adorable, and it was a great moment. But we do have two little girls that are customers and they get in with the the cosplay. They start planning out. That's awesome. <laughs> um, months in advance, and sometimes they're coordinated, and sometimes they're not. It's just, you know, sometimes it just happens. So they were um, the one was the littlest one. She was so cute. Uh, was Groot. Uh, the older one was Gamora. And then the next day, like the little one was Drax or something, so she was all green and was wearing. So like their their parents are really creative and cool with how to just kind of um, use as little paint as possible. You know, like they just do their faces. Mm-hmm. Um, like Groot, she actually had like a crocheted raccoon cap on top of her head. That's cute. So, like, uh, you know, like in her train, she just wore all brown, and we stuck her in a big flat top. And, you know, so it's, we have that, you know, that awesomeness when you're going into a comic shop, when you get your regulars and they get that excited about something. Do you remember, like, when you first went into comic shops? Oh, um, I remember my dad, I think it was my dad took me in. It was, it wasn't even a comic shop. Um, I grew up in Canada. I was born and raised up there. And, um, usually like the Seven Eleven or the convenience store would have a whole section of kids uh, for kids. And it was comic books and toys. And, and I remember going in there and, and just picking up um, comics with my dad. Um, and sometimes my mom would come, but I don't, I don't remember the first time I went in, I was probably really young, but I do remember the first time my dad brought home an action figure and it was, it was a G.I. Joe action figure, uh, and then he got the no-name brand. Uh, uh, was it sandbags and, and, like, a turret and a ship and a jeep? And I remember he got me Scarlet, and I think it was either Duke or, or it must have been Duke or Grunt, and then that was it. I was sold. And Barbie went out the window. Like I used to take off her head anyways. So it didn't really matter, but I was sold after that. So you didn't try dressing Barbie up in camo of her own? No, I, I, I feel like, no, I didn't try and give her camo, but she was either naked or had no body at all times. (laughs) Or she was wrapped in like, a uh a sheet but it was really like 
I had made, I had mummified her, basically. <laughs> but that is like such a normal thing to do is to really like desecrate the Barbies. Yeah. And my, mine weren't like my Barbies were like my priceless prize toy. Like I, I was immaculate with my Barbies. Um, now, Jem is different. Jem, I, like, she had um, the light up earrings. Um, you know, I used Barbie's Ferrari for Jem. <laughs> she, cool. she was good. Uh, I, that I, Jem, I took care of. But Barbie, God, she, I don't even know where her body went. <laughs> and Barbie has been in, like, every bit of the armed forces, like, every branch. Nice. Barbie's done like all kinds of things. She's, you know, you can find an outfit for for any one of your things. You can make her like sort of GI Joe ish. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember uh, there was a like that the nurse Barbie that came out. Mom got her for me, and I was like, no, this is not real. I don't think they've ever given Barbie any weapons. Not even like. Um, Unless there was a Katniss one. I don't know. I don't know if somebody ever... It, I don't know if that was Mattel, though. But I think, for some reason, I'm, like, picturing Mattel doing a Katniss. But Barbie herself, I don't think, has ever had weapons. And that's obviously imperative with G.I. Joe mm-hmm. action figures. You need to have all their cool gadgets and things, like Batman. They they had a Barbie Katniss, and she had a bow and arrow. Okay. But I don't think the arrows came out. Uh-huh. That might honestly be, like, the only one. I mean, because Mattel also did um, Barbie line of DC superheroines. Right. Um, so they did specifically, I think, have some of their own props or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I don't think you'd ever see Barbie with a gun that I, <laughs> that I can recall. No, I I don't remember Barbie with a gun ever. I fi- I think if I if there was a Barbie with a gun, I would probably would have begged mom for it. <laughs> she looks strong, mom. I want her. <laughs> so this goes all the way back to your childhood and everything. So were your parents like really nerdy? Both my parents are immigrants, and so they they grew up during the forties. So there was no. There were there were nerd ish, but not not as uh, as much as I am. But they were. My mom was very encouraging of anything I would pick up and read, or anything that I wanted to to explore. She was very encouraging for uh, my dad being uh, very overprotective, not like not wanting me to play uh, with boys, and but anything I wanted to read, they would read with me. Um, in case it was really violent. Um, the only thing I don't do is watch scary movies. I'm terrified of scary movies. <laughs> oh, am I? Yeah, Shaun, Shaun of the Dead is as far as I'll go. So so the beginning of the year, I watched Alien, like the first one. And I still haven't seen it because I'm too scared. Oh, don't. Like, if, I don't know if you have nightmares. I have nightmares after these movies. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'll be Yeah. Uh, if you do watch one, watch it in the day with with somebody. <laughs> that's honestly that's a, no joke. When I've tried to watch some things, and I've been like, okay, whatever, it's just a movie. I'll watch like the cable version, and it'll be during the day, and it'll be on a smaller TV. Like I'm not going to go to the big cinema effect of something where there's surround sound and you're in pitch blackness and you know, for all you know, there's like a jerk behind you that's going to accidentally kick your chair at the wrong time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, I so that like all the lights on. <laughs> yeah, I can't. I I'm with you. I can't. Um, so a few months ago, I saw Alien and a month or so ago, I watched Aliens. So the second one and friends came over to watch the second one with me um, and my boyfriend. He's like, Guys, it's not a good idea. And they wanted to watch it at night. I was like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for this. I was screaming so loud that one of the guys was like, I'll tell you what happens next. And I was like, no, because then I'm anticipating it. Like, I'm waiting for this thing to happen and, and this thing to come barging out and scream. And it's not good. And they were like, no, no, it'll be fine. That night I did not sleep. 
I was on Facebook. I was like, hey, guys, I just watched this. Can we chat? Like, <laughs> talk to me. Keep me awake. I don't want to go to sleep. I don't blame you at all. And yet, um, for some reason, Predator did not have that effect on yes. me. Predator, one of my top three favorite movies. Me like too. I'm, I'm a big fan of Predator, not Alien. Yeah, no. Like, Jaws, to me, back when I was a kid, Jaws was a horror movie, and now it's just like... I don't know. I don't even know if they would call that horror. I, I seriously doubt they would. Mm-hmm. I don't think they so, would, yeah. Uh, but Jaws was a horror movie, and that's, like, my favorite movie ever, and it's, like, 40th anniversary, so now everybody's talking about it again. Um, but Predator, I freaking love the hell out of that movie. Mm-hmm. I was afraid to watch Hellboy until, I like, I I asked, and I asked with confirmation then, and, like, a third confirmation, I'm like, no, really, how scary is Hellboy? And they're like, no, really, it's okay. And then I was like, that was Legend. I don't know if you ever saw Legend way, you know, forever ago when Tom Cruise was, a little, you know, a kid. He was, like, a teenager. But Yes. Oh, my God, yeah. No. <laughs> I was, like, scared of darkness. Tim Curry as darkness. I, I, it was just, like, so scary to me. But there were pretty fairies and things and princess and... <laughs> So, uh, so I learned to love that movie. Um, and but Ripley, everybody tells me they're like, "Oh, you'd love Ripley." I'm like, "I might, but I don't know that that's going to happen." Yeah. So when it when GI Joe, like the Ripley does seem like the kind of character you'd like. Yes. So I I really liked her character, but I don't like anything around her. <laughs> Like the pods, the thing that sucks your face off or impregnates you or whatever it is, the thing with the head that comes out of the other head, like all of it. No. How how do you feel about Terminator? I'm fine with that. Yeah, I was fine with that too. And I found that extremely suspenseful. Like there was like really stressed out, you know, anxiety going on. Yes. But but I still love the Terminator. And you're not you're not terrified of it. Right. It was more like because of the the soundtrack and everything, like like you're saying, you're anticipating and you just know when something's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, when is it? Well, when is it? When, when, and it's like she's going through that factory metal sheet place. Oh, place, yeah. And it's just like, you know, it's coming. You just know. When is it? When uh, When's it going to? It's going to be here. Gonna, oh, is this the end? And then, you know, then all of a sudden, like, you know, one, he, he loses a leg, then he loses another leg and he's dragging his torso. And it's just like. Okay, okay, it's got to be over soon. <laughs> I watched, uh, I think it was either The Thing or The Blob, whatever comes out of the ground shooting up with tentacles. And my boyfriend's like, don't worry, you'll be fine. It's not that scary. And he didn't, at this point, he didn't know how scared I was of, of, of horror or scary movies. And that thing came out of the ground. I screamed so loud. I jumped up, ran to the back of, of his place got into the bedroom, locked the door, and went under the covers, and I had not stopped screaming. And he was like, yeah, "Yeah, no scary movies for you. (laughs) Nope, nope, not at all. And it might be a different reading experience, but something else that I learned was um, some comics have literally scared me. Um, Like, really, they've been, like, terrifying. But, you know, because once in a while I'll pick up something and it'll be, uh, like, about a serial killer or something. Yeah. Uh, Echoes was one of those books. I was like, oh my god, this book has me so freaking scared. But I was, I really wanted to like read it and review it and everything. I was like, oh, I like, I, I, I felt like I had to have my back as far against the wall that it could be because I didn't want to feel like anything could come around my shoulders. Uh, <laughs> nope, nope, can't do it. <laughs> so like, I love kids books. I love kids kids comics in particular so with um like with the marvel universe and with dc universe they often do um they have their regular uh, like teen plus or adult lines of things but then they usually have like a kids version mm-hmm. you know like um spider-man and mary jane and marvel adventures and stuff like that so with uh gi joe they that's from well was uh still i think from idw yes. right yes and so um those still seem like very more advanced readers, like teens. Um, so, uh, I've never seen like GI Joe for kids, though. No, but the old Marvel run, um, as it was 
as it was going on, I think kids are kids. When we were kids, kids were reading them when we were that young. But I don't, they don't have a kid's line like, you know, Teen Titans type of comic book or. Yeah, no, there's no. Yeah. But they do like squinky toys and they do the Creo stuff. Like they do kids things, but not kids comic. I don't know how right. you would do a military style comic for kids. Well, if you got, you know, like, like Art and Franco on it, it would just be before they're in the military and it would just be like peewee versions of them. <laughs> be adorable as hell. Like miniature Scarlet. With- like miniature Scarlet and they're up in a tree house and, you know, they're, they play capture the flag. That's cute. I like that. I would read that. <laughs> yeah. See, IDW, call me. So. <laughs> call Amber Love. She's got an idea that's awesome. Idea. Get Scotty Young to draw this shit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, but GI Joe is the cartoon. I, I that was like a Saturday morning cartoon. Mm-hmm. So um, if it wasn't then, it was after school at like you know three o'clock or something. Yep. Yep. But yeah, oh, so it sort of like appeals you know, to a, a wide range of people. And that's, you know, Star Wars has that effect, too. I do not I... have a Star Wars costume. I'm actually, oh, you might not like me for this, but I'm not a big, huge Star Wars fan. No, I'm not, like, a massive okay. fan. Okay, okay. I don't have yeah. a costume for, because usually I, I do at least one costume from everything that I like, or I'm trying to. Um, But... Yeah, I haven't decided on a costume for Star Wars. I'm I wanna I wanna have an Ewok in my house, like a stuffed Ewok. Do you have a dog that you can dress up as an Ewok? No, I travel a lot. There's I dressed up my cat as Rocket Raccoon. That is awesome. For like a... <laughs> Please tell me you have pictures of this. There are pictures. Yes. <laughs> I th- I think I submitted her to like the Pet Avengers or something. That's awesome. <laughs> Um, yeah, but the 501st are, like, the most awesome people in the world, so I'm always the weird oddball in a picture. I'll be dressed as a superhero, hanging out with all the 501st folks. Um, but, yeah, so it'll, it'll, it'll usually be something weird like that, like me in spandex next to the stormtroopers. <laughs> now, do you, okay, so what do you wear for the Star Wars costumes um if i had one i there's two princess leia outfits that i love i love um the long white gown with the hood okay um i have just always always loved that gown and i love the outfit she's wearing at the opening of empire strikes back the hoth outfit with like her hair is in like this really awesome braid um not the cinnamon bud braids but like a really awesome like halo braid and she's got, like, just a poofy vest or something. And, you know, I don't know. She just looks really cool. And it looks like regular clothes. Yes. You know what you're talking about. I, I like that outfit as well. I'm not a fan of the slave Leia look. No, not either. <laughs> um, it's interesting how it's been, like, crossed over and done, like, mashups of to death. Like... There's every version of somebody mashing up the Slave Leia outfit. Like, I saw a Frozen Elsa Slave Leia. Yes! Okay, all right. Is that a thing now? That's a thing. That's a thing. They do that. They do it with that. They do it with Darth Vader. I've seen it with um with Boba Fett, too. But a lot of Darth Vader and Slave Leia mash up weird things. Hmm. There's, there's another character that I like that... It's the only one that I would probably do. Uh, Aura Singh. Is that her, her name? Aura Singh. I think that's one of the Star Wars chicks that I would do. She's like, like bald. Okay. has like an antenna coming out of her head with a big ponytail. Okay. Yes. Aura Singh, yeah. She's a bounty hunter. But I think that's a kick-ass costume that I would do if I did can- a Star Wars costume. So how would you handle something where it's like if she's mostly bald? <laughs> I would I would not shave my head. Um, 
although I would I would contemplate it. And then my friend Maggie would probably be like, no, we're getting you a bald cap. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, yeah, yeah you know, I people do the bald cap and it's, you know, really awesomely done. And then there's other people where it looks like they just slapped it on their heads and there's no spirit gum or anything. I feel like that about Klingons. There's no blending. They like li- there's some of them that literally just slap on the the head and you're like, "Why is there no blending? You need to blend." <laughs> Suppressetic. Yeah, I think the big difference here is between when you're used to being around cosplayers versus people who dress up for Halloween. Yeah. Um, or people who they're... just don't care. Like there's there's like nailed it, like great and then there's like yeah screw it Klingons (laughs) sticking this on my head and going yeah yeah there's that or the weird horse head thing they'll be like totally dressed as something else and have a horse head yes what is that (laughs) you know I've looked it up and I still don't understand it there's a, a, a website where you can find the origin of memes and I it's just something that just kind of started and took off it makes zero sense at all I don't know I find it creepy I'm saying this I'm saying this publicly I find the horse head thing really creepy wow yeah I don't I like horses yeah but yeah the horse head thing I don't know it really confuses me yeah you know maybe it's because I watched The Godfather yeah really sure but just being you don't want a horse head delivered to you yeah, Gross. I gotcha. But um, anyway, so before I I let you go for the night because I've been having an absolute blast Me talking too. to you. <laughs> so um, we want all of the information that we can get for the listeners about um where to find information about you and the club and the calendar and whatever else you want to talk about. Okay, uh, so you can find me on Facebook under Joe Colton. Um, it's probably a lot of Joe Colton's. I'm the, uh, the icons, uh, the Wonder Woman right now. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter as GI Joe Eternal. The finest um, a GI Joe costume club you can find at www.thefinestcc.com, and we're on Facebook under uh, the finest a costume club, a GI Joe costume club, uh, and the campaign uh, which ends. At the end of July is under Indiegogo, and it's uh, is it it's Girls of the Finest 2016 Calendar on Indiegogo. You can just search for it, and it'll, it'll pop right up. Okay, that's excellent. Well, I I wish you best of luck. Hopefully, I'll run into you one of these days, or you can come down to our thing in October if that's possible. Yeah, um, I'd love to. I'm I'm up for anything. Awesome. <laughs> All right, guys, um, so you've been listening to Joe Colton, and we've been completely nerding out about G.I. Joe and Star Wars and Star Trek and been complete dorks for an hour, and thank you for sticking with us for this. Um, If you love nerdy talks like this, uh, you can just uh, sponsor the show, or you can share the links for how to sponsor the show. That's always very helpful. Go to patreon.com slash amberunmasked. And all the show notes and everything else for pictures and links and stuff uh, will, of course, be at amberunmasked.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. Cheers. <laughs>